wide left, Martinez to the right, they score! Carlson! Back and forth with Martinez! Live from the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas Studios and live at LVSportsNetwork.com. Petrangelo scores! Two markers for Petrangelo! This is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Your destination for inside access with the team, exclusive player interviews, and breaking news from around the National Hockey League. Here are your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Welcome in, Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show, Fox Sports, Las Vegas, Wallace Millard, Chapman inside the Finley Chevrolet, Fox Sports, Las Vegas Studios, Finley Chevrolet on the 215, home of the... It's Monday and it is 4 o'clock and that means it is your time. First segment belongs to you, coming off the first... Coming out the first preseason game of the year. Uh, <laughs> I had one mic right in front of me. Yeah, but that's not that's that's the one. I have one mic. Room. I'm talking away, and 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 all of a sudden he's like tapping the other mic, which is way over there. Yeah. Well, uh, well that's yeah. The, unfortunately this well, is the mic so, that Ryan's pot comes to. I I, I didn't design amazing. the board, but uh, yeah. Well, welcome to the so world. So anyway, of- uh, it's Monday. It's four o'clock. This segment belongs to you, the listener. Contribute. Yep. Let us know what you think. Uh, the exhibition game. Uh, we have got a round of cuts. Uh, we've got some decisions made on players. Some a couple of really stood out over the course of the scrimmage uh, on Friday and Saturday, and then uh, the preseason game last night against the San Jose Sharks. So seven zero two eight seven six thirteen forty seven zero two eight seven six thirteen forty. It is all about you. And before we get to the phone lines and Mike uh, Ryan, uh, what do, what do you think of yesterday? Well, uh, yeah, I mean, I thought it was an interesting game. It's certainly been a long time for me to watch a a preseason game, and I think it was about what I expected. There were some players that I thought had some good individual performances. I thought Nolan Patrick was very good. Evgeny Dadnov was um, noticeable for sure. I I think Paul Cotter was probably the most consistent player for the Golden Knights night in and night out outside of maybe Logan Thompson, who I thought had a good, a strong game as well. Um, you know, and then there were some, uh, some teachable moments. I think for Peyton Krebs, Lucas Cormier, those players had uh, some turnovers that led to uh, pucks in the back of the net, but it's a learning experience. It's all about the process, not so much about the results. I thought it was nice to get some hockey out of the way in, in a game under our belts, uh, but you know, it was a sloppy game and that's to be expected game one of the preseason. Couple of lines open, 702-876-1340. Give us a call. Let us know what you thought of the weekend and the first game action for the Vegas Golden Knights. Let's, let's go to the phone lines. Uh, Mike, welcome to the VGK Insider Show. How are you? Well, very good. And Ryan said it perfectly. Who did well, who did questionably well, and so on and so on. You guys will expound on that in the next two hours, I'm sure. I, I, Darren, I have to thank you from the bottom of my heart for all of us that go to practice. Thank you for the hard work that you put in. I didn't do anything other than pass along your communication with me, and uh, it was already in the works. I just had, didn't uh, have final sign-off on it, but uh, it's great to have everybody back in the rink. It's, it's noticeable, the energy, and it's noticeable when you watch other workouts in and around the National Hockey League, how much of a difference uh, having the fans back at City National Arena. So uh, I really appreciate uh, the fans coming out to practice, which has become uh, a part of the identity of the Vegas Golden Knights. We're sure in full throat. We're in midseason form already. Thank you. 
And uh, then I wanted to comment on the other side of the coin, and that was a comment that Coach Pete DeBoer made last night that has me confused. And I've interviewed a lot of coaches, so I know that they're they have they they try to be as cultural as they can. They, in some cases, they they go out of their way to be unpleasant, and uh, you know, like San Antonio Spurs and people like that. <laughs> but the Coach DeBoer is a good interview. He's a good interview, uh, and he's not Gerard Gallant. He's not the same type of personality. But he said something last night that you guys can ask or answer for me. He said in response to what about the power play, and he said, in, in fact, I think I heard it correctly, we'll take a look at the power play and we'll observe it each, each and every day. But we won't make a decision about that until the end of the season, or we'll reevaluate that. You don't have until the end of the season to do that. Oh, I didn't get it. Okay, what uh, what I believe, and let me translate this as much as as I can, uh, putting myself in that in that room and listening to that comment and and watching Pete give that answer is. There's not going to be any type of evaluation on the power play on a night-to-night basis. Uh, the story of the power play won't be written until the end of the year. He wasn't saying they're not going to tweak it, they're not going to change it. If they go uh, in, in an 0-for-20 slump or they go a 20-for-25 run, uh, there's going to be tweaks and turns and, and different adjustments made to the power play throughout the year. But the story of the power play, I think, is is what he's referring to, won't be written or uh, answered until the end of the year. And that, I think he was speaking metaphorically about the overall message of the power play. Uh, we, mm-hmm. we, no magical solutions are going to be found in October or, or December or January. Uh, we won't truly be able to evaluate whether the power play has turned a corner until the end of the year. But you're confident the coaching staff will concentrate on that aspect of the game. Oh, Mike, it's already happening. It's it's been happening throughout training camp and without telling tales out of school, like there's been scrimmages where the big boys haven't been out there for scrimmages, but they're still on the ice and where they are is in the other rink and Mm -hmm. they're not working on their crossovers on that other rink. They're not working on uh, conditioning on the other rink. I think, you know, where they are in the grand scheme of what they're uh, really focused in on, and that's special teams. Okay, that's you know we're going to see it evolve day to day. I appreciate it. Yeah, but uh, but the the answer there was talking about the story of the power play will be written at the end of the year, and to to say that they found all the solutions if it gets off to a great start won't be uh, accurate. Or if they get off to a slow start in the power play, uh, don't think that they aren't working on things uh, to to fix it. And please do not, basically, do not evaluate the power play until the end of the mm-hmm. year. And then, and then it'll be wide open. Uh, thanks, Mike. Appreciate it. 702-876-1340. 702-876-1340. Uh, a line open on the uh, VGK uh, Insider Show. Stephanie, welcome to the program on this Monday. Hi, guys. How are you doing? Great. I was actually talking to one of my new bosses the other day about you and uh, and saying that we and Mike and Rita and Lou and uh, the great 
group of uh, of callers that we have uh, on the VGK Insider Show and the, on the pre and the post game show. So uh, uh, your your voice has reached beyond just uh, these airwaves. Oh boy, that's scary. <laughs> but you know, I love that you guys give us this um, outlet to talk about the nights and and socialize and hear about it. Um, I got to sit in one of those red chairs actually at uh, Lifeguard Arena, and they are quite comfortable, except they make you sit very, very straight up. They do make you well. Yeah, I kind of lean back a little bit, and it's not. I was I was lectured by Darren Elliott about that. Mm. Uh, not to lean back because they, there's the potential uh, of me just falling over. Uh, That'd be which, which Brian McCormick, by the way, <laughs> uh, I should tell you guys this, uh, a little inside baseball stuff. And Stephanie, please uh, just bear with me here as I, as I work through this. Last night there was a moment during the press conference when uh, Nolan Patrick and Brett Howden were up on the podium. And there's a wireless microphone that's spread around. So when media ask questions... You on the post game show can hear the question be asked and and then the subsequent answer, and it just helps out with the, with the presentation. Well, somebody asked a question, and then there was another media member on the other side of the room that wanted to ask a question. Of Brian McCormick, the voice of the Henderson Silver Knights, uh, facilitated great job and very nicely uh, stood up and passed the microphone over to said media member. Well, he didn't realize that the folding chairs in the media center like fold right up as soon as you step up. It's automatic. So he went to sit back down and fell on his butt, which is exactly what happened to me last year. Remember, I was all alone on the flight deck and 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 fell over. So uh, Brian McCormick and I have bonded over falling on our keisters. I'm not uh, sure how much Brian would appreciate you telling the story about him oh, no, falling no, this on is, his bum. Trust me. Well, and, and there now. <laughs> here, here's the thing. N- Brett and Nolan didn't. Like they didn't crack a smile. They they were just stone faced, very professional. And as soon as they walked off the podium, we all looked at Brian and went, "What happened there?" And he was crying. He was laughing so hard. He was absolutely <laughs> crying. So um, the the stuff that you miss, Ryan, up there in your little perch on the yeah. Deck. Well, you know, I I will uh, I will gladly miss out on all the inside <laughs> baseball stuff if it means I get to talk to our loyal right. listeners after a game, which I was able to do last night with Stephanie. Now, Stephanie, I just in terms of kind of this outlet, where where did you want to go with your commentary on the Golden Knights after last night's game? Well, I mean, I kind of said a little bit last night on the post game, but um, I kind of was interested in hearing what you guys think after seeing some of the newer players and some of the prospects, everybody out there, if there are any interesting line combinations that you saw that um, might be possible or you'd be interested in seeing different players play together. Like we got to see Krebs up with um, Patches after Stone got hurt. Which, yep. Golly, that was scary. Yeah, I, I thought Krebs and Cormier, and Cormier was one of those players that was reassigned today, but Krebs and Cormier, something switched in them when they got the opportunity to go to work on the power play, Stephanie, and the, they just zipped it around, and Shane Addy and I had the conversation today that they looked like there was the before and there was the after, all in one game, where it just... It, it happened. They got some confidence, and, and they got to be in their element as power play guys and, and being able to have that space and being able to control the puck. Uh, I thought there was some, some real progress. Now, there was some, some giveaways, and there was some sloppiness throughout the game. But I thought that element of the game and the couple of man advantage opportunities I thought was really good from a, from a Cormier-Krebs perspective. Right. 
Yeah, I, I think that, you know, one of the combinations that I, I have my eye on, just simply because I saw some stretches in the game last night at 5-on-5 five five where it was together, was uh, Yevgeny Dadinov with, mm-hmm. with Nolan Patrick and Peyton Krebs. I, I want to see that line maybe get a game where you're shuffling through your forwards because you're trying to account for Mark Stone being off the ice. I, I I just feel like there might be something there. It might allow Peyton Krebs to maybe just go out and make plays instead of trying to do too much, which I, I think at, at times yesterday at 5-on-5 five five he was trying to do. So um, in terms of just whetting my appetite, in terms of what I'd love to see in term, with, with a line, I think it'd be that one. I think it'd be Peyton Krebs with Dadnov and Nolan Patrick and just see if there's some type of spark between those three players. Uh, Stephanie, who who jumped out at you? Um, gosh. Oh, it was kind of a mess for me because I actually went yeah. to the race, so I was huh. just really stressed nice. out listening to the whole game um, because as soon as I got into my van, I told Ryan this last night, as soon as I got in, that was the moment that uh, Stone took a puck to the face. Ooh. So it was kind of like just a, wow, hockey sack. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> they didn't practice today. Stephanie, uh, thanks for the call. What a weekend for, for Stephanie and sports fans around the Valley. Hey, UFC and uh, we've got uh, the Raiders and the, the Golden Knights and the race and uh, unbelievable. But uh, the the Golden Knights didn't practice today. It was a day off, so we don't have an update for you on Mark Stone, who took that puck to the ear hole, uh, to the ear, and Pete DeBoer said some stitches, but they were going to keep an eye on him. Uh, 702-876-1340. A line is open. First chance to talk to Rita in a while. Rita, welcome to the VGK Insider Show. Hi, guys. What's happening? Um, well, if I may just speak for a large segment of our fan base, I don't care if it's a game, a playoff game, a mid uh, season game, whether it's street hockey, we don't like it when the damn Sharks beat us. And I pretty that up for you. <laughs> I dropped some words. <laughs> we don't care if it's just preseason. That rubbed you the wrong way, eh? Oh, hell yes. And I'm not alone. There's people on Twitter. We don't give a damn. You know, we can lose every other preseason. We just don't lose to the Sharks. It's just a thing. Well, but what I would like to see is Jesse Granger get called up for the PK. <laughs> you heard that line, eh? From uh, from from Pete DeBoer saying that. Well, because yeah. they they were they were a little short uh, on the penalty kill. A couple of guys got nicked up, and Mark Stone uh, knocked out of the game. And Jesse Granger was talking about Nolan Patrick doing some penalty killing. And for those that didn't hear, uh, it was Pete DeBoer that said, "Well, you were the next guy up, Jesse." Now, Jesse's a goalie, so I'm not sure how how effective he would be as a penalty killer, but just for the pure uh, display of it. It'd just be fun. Yeah, I agree with you. I'd like to see it, too. Uh, anyway, that's all i got. I'm just glad you guys are back for the season. Thanks, Rita. You be well. Uh, line open, 702-876-1340. The first segment of every Monday belongs to you, and that means we get a chance to talk to Lou on the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Lou. You know, guys, Brian, I didn't call in last night purposely because I had the phone in my hand. I was going to call, 
And then you picked up the phone, and it was Rita. And I said, there's no way in hell I'm following Rita, so I call you today. And here I am. And it's like I said last at the end of last year, it's like having Rage Against the Machine opening up for Smashing Pumpkins when, when I have to follow her on the phone. It's just not that's, fair. That's a good take. I like that take. Um, you, you know, man, I and you know, thank you guys for the tickets to the game last night. We had a great time. Um, unfortunately, we were sitting right behind where uh, – where Stone got hit, I saw that deflection. Man, I knew it wasn't good right away. Um, but, you know, watching the game, um, one thing that I noticed, uh, last year, you know, there, there was always talk about it, you know, Peyton Krebs, Cody Glass, Peyton Krebs, Cody Glass, who's going to play this and that kind of thing. And one thing that I noticed with Krebs last night, as much as there was times that it appeared he tried to do too much, um, it appeared that he tried to do too much with a hell of a lot of confidence. And um, and it was the kind of confidence that I really never saw from Cody Glass, and not to diminish Cody's skills as a player, but it just seems that Peyton Krebs has just a little bit different mentality than I ever saw. Cody Glass always seemed like he was kind of afraid to do the wrong thing at times and a little bit timid. And I appreciated, even though it didn't always work out last night, that Krebs um, Krebs was aggressive. Krebs had a, a kind of an almost killer mentality, an aggressive mentality. Um, and and, and I, I just I, I really like that kid. The other one was uh, that Paul, uh, Paul Cotter. He uh, I, I certainly I, I don't think he's going to make the club, but uh, he had flashes where he looked awful good. I I, I really liked watching him play. I, Honestly, wasn't really aware of him until last night that much. Ryan? Yeah, I, I mean, on, on Peyton Krebs, I think that there's not a shortage of confidence when it comes to that kid and how he plays hockey. And, you know, I think a lot of it has to do with his motor. A lot of it has to do with his work ethic. And, you know, he's, he's not afraid to make a play. And if it doesn't turn out the way that he's expecting or hoping it for, he is going to be a dog on that puck trying to get it back, trying to make uh, amends for the mistake. And to be honest, I, I think you know after making a mistake uh, and a turnover that led to a goal, I thought the shift right after that from Peyton was really good. He was in the offensive zone buzzing. So it's just one of those players that I think in the moment, right, like if he makes a mistake, you put him back out there because he's going to do everything that he can to try to make up for it. And those are the learning experiences that you need throughout a preseason to gauge whether or not this player is ready to be a full-time NHL player. Uh, it was it was uh, one of those games from Peyton where you see the compete level, you see all of those things that, that you think will make him a really good NHL player. He's just got to put it together consistently throughout the rest of the preseason. Absolutely true. And, you know, there were, as much as the game didn't go the way that we wanted it to last night, there were plays from Krebs, there were plays from uh, Patrick and a couple other guys that, uh, to go old school, I, I saw a few plays that I would consider to be pretty nifty. I, I, uh, <laughs> I, I liked a few things that I saw. There were some nice flashes of niftiness last night. No player, Lou, since last Thursday has done more for their stock within the organization than Paul Cotter. And that goes to the practices, that goes to the scrimmages, and it goes to last night. And not not just scoring the goal, but generating some chances, getting some special teams uh, time. And the speed, it's 
it's done a world of good for him. And Pete DeBoer said after the game that it's it's a situation where he now earns himself maybe another preseason game. And if he does well there, he earns himself another exhibition game. And you put yourself in a position where you're the second, third guy uh, to be, uh, or you're in that mix to be called up from the Henderson Silver Knights. This is a player that scored four goals two years ago, five goals last year with the Henderson Silver Knights. His skill set with his hands and his vision is better than a five-goal guy. I can tell you that flat out, honestly. It's better. Is is this the confidence side of it catching up to the hands and being able to to generate that? Uh, I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll see. Was it is it just a good few days for Paul Cotter? But uh, on on a team that that, that we're looking at, Dadenov and Patrick and Howden and and Krebs all up front, and what's Yanmark going to do? And is Nick Waugh going to take the the big step? Uh, Paul Cotter has done a really nice job in catching everybody's attention. And uh, that's that's fun to watch when you see players excel the way they do. And, you know, I, I mean, we're, with this team, we're absolutely living in the present, but they haven't sacrificed the future nope. for the present, and not, for, not for a second. Part of that 2018 draft class. Uh, Papalu, uh, thank you for the call. 702-876-1340. Uh, not line open as we uh, say thank you to Papalu for joining us on the VGK Insider Show. There's a lot of those guys who have worked their way into the conversation to be the first call-up. So you look at, at the 13 forwards that they have, and then there's that next group. And that next group is the Patrick Browns and the Gage Quinnies and is now... Uh, Peyton Krebs in that group, if he doesn't make the team out of training camp. And Paul Cotter, add that name to the mix. Does he get a couple of games in the National Hockey League this year in his third year uh, as, as a professional hockey player? He just might have done that and earned that by his performance in the first week of, of training camp. And every drill, every scrimmage, every preseason game, matters and Paul Cotter's a name that I'm not sure how many people uh, had on their water cooler conversation list before last night but it's there today yeah and and that's all all credit in the world to Paul Cotter who's come into this camp and, and really done everything that he's supposed to do now he had a great game last night now the the really the 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 way that he progresses is to continue to have that consistency every single time he plays in the preseason. You have to follow up this performance with another strong performance. As you know, as you mentioned, Darren, and as we heard from Pete DeBoer last night after the game, uh, you, you get into one preseason game. You play well enough, that might turn into two. That might turn into three. And for Paul Cotter, every single game that he has is another piece of that sample size that will go into a decision later on, whether it be at the beginning of the season, the middle of the season, uh, where you've got to call somebody up, it'll go into that, that data bank. And for Paul Cotter, he has one great deposit in that bank after last night's game. Thank you to the callers for joining us on the uh, Monday segment of Open Lines. Every Monday at 4 o'clock, it is your opportunity to uh, speak to us about what you're seeing in and around the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, looking forward to it. We'll do it every now and then through the rest of the week uh, as well. But Mondays, 4 o'clock, barring extenuating circumstances, 
It is your time. Uh, thanks for uh, joining us. When we come back, uh, the opening exhibition game. What we saw, what we liked, what we were surprised at, and what we didn't like. And that top five at five, it is the guarantees of this National Hockey League season and Vegas Golden Knights season and a plenty of news in one-timers coming up, including what's happening in and around the National Hockey League, specifically with the RFAs. It's the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. We're back to the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. Trade made in the National Hockey League in the last couple of days. Also... Update uh, on what's happening on the RFA front in the NHL. That's coming up on one-timers. Our top five at five. Five guarantees in the National Hockey League and with the Vegas Golden Knights this year. Uh, today, it's number four, right, that we're hitting? We're, we're, we're at number yeah, four? Yeah. It, we're, we're at number four. Four uh, comes before five. So going yeah. backwards, we are, we are at number four. Um, and I'm just going to, like, we have come to a unanimous decision, but I'm going to push back slightly on one of our guarantees. That's yeah, all that's okay. I, I understand. There's yeah. been some news on on one of the teams that we're making a guarantee on, but uh, I, I it falls under one of those rules in hockey that you live yeah. by, and until you're proven wrong, uh, mm-hmm. you, you go with the guarantee. And uh, that's coming up at, at five o'clock with the top five <laughs> at five. Uh, Darren Millard, Ryan Wallace, and Chris Chapman uh, catching up with Chapman. It's uh, own show segment uh, show, whatever you want to call it, uh, at the bottom of hour number two as well. But uh, last night's game, uh, it was the first time that we saw uh, a training camp game, an exhibition game in person in a couple of years. It was the first time that Pete DeBoer has coached a game in which didn't really have any bearing. Uh, Even the one in the bubble uh, going into the playoffs in Edmonton had uh, a sense of urgency to it uh, to try and find their game before they went into that uh, uh, round-robin portion of the uh, the playoffs two years ago. So last night was one of those ones dotted with uh, with rookies, dotted with prospects, and some of those were uh, reassigned today. Uh, a few little notes uh, to come out of it. Uh, one, Logan Thompson played well. Uh, the San Jose Sharks win the game, but Logan Thompson played well. There were some uh, wide-open looks and some turnovers that you would get uh, out of a sloppy game and a game uh, with a mix of veterans and uh, with uh, some some rookies and some some top prospects, and then you saw some 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 good things, and we talked about Paul Cotter, but there is also the Nolan Patrick and the power play. Uh, I think you saw Max Pacioretty with a couple of great uh, great looks. So uh, on the freshman side and the the rookie and the the veteran side, I thought there was some some range with the Vegas Golden Knights. How did you see it come out? Yeah, I, I mean, not too differently from you. I, I thought there were some individual performances that were quite good for Vegas, and certainly there were some plays that, you know, just are, are uncharacteristic of watching a Vegas Golden Knights games. The turnovers were, were quite uh, quite interesting and, and very many in terms of the game. But, you know, for me, I, I, I think that there were a lot of good things from a number of different players. There were uh, activations from Zach Whitecloud. I thought he was really kind of pushing the pace offensively, which I didn't really expect considering that 
you know, he was paired up with Lucas Cormier. I thought he'd kind of played a little bit safer, but there were pockets in, in the game where Zach Whitecloud jumped in and, and had some really big moments. You mentioned Nolan Patrick. For me, it was net front presence and it was puck retrieval on the power play. Those were really the two areas where I feel like Nolan Patrick really did shine last night. Uh, there was also some creativity in his game, too, that I, I like to see. There was the play just inside the, the offensive blue line, trying to buy some time, tries, trying to bank a pass off the boards behind his back to himself to look for a man coming late. Didn't work out, but I like to see that type of creativity. And then I'm, I'm telling you, he went behind the net, and I think he was looking to go with the Michigan. Uh, he thought about it for a half a second. The puck didn't get up onto the stick blade, so he didn't do it. Uh, but I, I like to see those those pockets from Nolan Patrick. And then Evgeny Dadanov. Like there were moments where you know the 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 jump, uh, a little bit of speed was was evident with his skating, uh, but also that that heavy shot that just kind of comes off, explodes off the stick. It was there for uh, some plays too. I, I like Dadanov's game. And, and I liked it with Patrick. When Patrick made the behind-the-back bank pass to himself, mm-hmm. there was yeah. one of those, ooh, from the crowd. Yeah. Yeah. Which, one, oh, told you how far we've come because we've got people in the buildings. 17,000 people in there for a preseason game. That that was awesome. But uh, being able to see that skill, uh, even, even the setup uh, for the Pacioretty goal on the power play, well, it was a bit of a scramble. They actually had a better look right before that with the net front presence, which is great if, if Nolan Patrick uh, is becomes that guy where you know where he's going to be and he can make and or distribute the puck there, get a shot or distribute the puck. Uh, I thought that was, uh, was really telling that he wanted to be that person in, in front of the net and has skills to be that player in, in front of the net. So uh, Nolan Patrick... Probably had his best performance uh, of the training camp with the scrimmages and so forth. And he's been okay in the scrimmages. But last night really sort of, sort of uh, allowed you to have a, a little bit more of a window uh, for, for Nolan Patrick. Uh, Dadnov, I was in the press box telling everybody that would listen, anybody that would listen, I, I think he's going to be a star for this team. I just, <laughs> with, with his shot and with yep. his physical ability and the way he sees the ice. Uh, I just don't see any other result other than him being a 20 goal guy on, on a third line and giving this team so much more uh, to play with when it comes to matchups. Yeah, I mean, I, I think you start to see the instincts that he has in the offensive zone. And, and there were a couple of different plays where, that was on full display and and I know it was a bit of a broken play and he probably should have just taken the puck to the net or or taken his shot uh but the play where he tries to make a pass uh, yep. on a 2 on 1 gets the puck back and off balance is able to corral spinorama and get the puck to the front of the net like those are just the type of instincts that you need from a player and, and you know if if Dadinov's able to do that and and able to kind of get those those opportunities that he had last night over the course of the regular season I mean, I, I don't see any reason why he can't be a twenty guy goal, a twenty goal guy for the Golden Knights uh, again this season. The uh, other side of it uh, on the blue line, uh, Zach Hayes played a game, big body, I thought did some mm-hmm. some things, but is is really is he's raw. Uh, you saw a player in the form of Lucas Cormier who was probably right there at the top 
coming into this one. For sure, my top three of players mm-hmm. I was looking forward to seeing in this training camp. And to yeah. watch him in a preseason game, he said he'd never been in the building before. He'd watched, <laughs> uh, he plays in Charlottetown, uh, the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League, four hours time difference. So he's, he's got to really manage his time when he's watching the Vegas School of the Nights uh, during the course of the year. But he'd never been in the building before. He watched on TV and he was excited to be in the building. Uh, there, was, there was definitely a, a getting comfortable part of, of last night for Luke's Cormier. And, and Paul Cotter admitted it too after the game, that it, that it took a while. But once you got into that point of being, uh, feeling at home, uh, I thought there was a real difference in, in Cormier. Now, he's a slight guy, but the, the tools are there uh, to, to be able to skate and handle the puck. And I was, for a preseason game where you're taking the mistakes with a grain of salt and you're mm, elevating the positives, which is what what I'm doing here. Like uh, I'm not holding the mistakes against the players as much as I would be in our in a regular season game. Uh, I, I liked what I saw out of uh, Lucas Cormier. You know, it's funny as as the game wore on, I thought Cormier got better, and, yeah. and I think there were a couple of reasons for that. Number one, as you pointed out earlier, his ability to kind of go out on the power play and just settle into something that he's very good at and and feels comfortable doing, and that's quarterbacking a power play. There were some nice chances generated while Lucas Cormier was on the ice there. Now, uh, I also think that when Shea Theodore went out of the game, when Braden McNabb went out of the game, now you're down to four defensemen. You're just kind of going, you're going over the boards every other shift. So I think you just kind of stop overthinking the game. You're just going out there relying on your instincts. And it felt like to me when Cormier just started to rely on what he knows, uh, it, it felt like he was in, in a better groove, especially in that third period. I thought he got better as the game wore on. Uh, but, you know, you, you saw some of those mistakes that in terms of the player, development it, it's going to be a, a little while longer for Lucas Cormier but as you mentioned the tools are all there for him it's just a matter of of getting a little bit older a little bit bigger and and a little bit more accustomed to the speed of an NHL game what do you think of Brett Howden so I, I I thought there were some moments uh that that when I was watching Brett Howden I, it popped for me I think that you know obviously gaining the zone, getting the puck over to Jack Dugan for the Paul Cotter goal. Like that's just a simple play uh, at the, the offensive blue line, but it's one that you, you got to make the right decision. You, you got to make sure that you get that puck it, into a spot for Dugan to make a play. He did that. I, I do think that there were some moments in the offensive zone where I thought Howden was maybe a little bit more offensive than I thought he would be. Um, and then, you know, on the other side, I, I thought, you know, defensively and, and on the penalty kill, like, there were there were moments there. I think when you you look at the bottom six and the configuration that the Golden Knights have, and wanting to take some of that pressure off of Mark Stone, Chandler Stevenson, Riley Smith, and William Carlson, and killing penalties, uh, that might be the area where I'm expecting Brett Howden to pop the most on the penalty kick in these exhibition games. Jack Dugan, give me your thoughts. So with Jack Dugan. Yeah, I mean, with Jack Dugan, it's interesting, right? Like, I, I didn't notice him a ton until he made that beautiful pass to Paul Cotter, right? Like, I, I didn't notice him a ton, and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, he feathers this beautiful backhand saucer feed to Paul Cotter for the 
its first goal of the game. And, you know, on the power, on the power play, Jack Dugan just makes plays. That's what he does. He's incredibly creative. His vision is fantastic. Um, you're never going to get him to shoot the puck, and I understand that. But um, I just thought, you know, in in pockets, uh, I didn't notice him much. But when I noticed him, it was more or less because he was making a fantastic pass and, and using his vision and his skill set uh, to the to the best of his ability. I thought last night was a really good example. If you if you watch Jack Dugan uh, in in an isolation environment, where you get an idea of what. The coaching staff and, and and management have said about him: incredibly skilled, mm-hmm. uh, very offensive, yeah. but n- needs to add in the two hundred foot game, and that means yeah. when you're are around your own net or you're in the defensive zone, you you can't just try; you got to make plays, and that means not sure. just getting the puck out, but make plays defensively in stopping the opposition. And being able to make those reads and being in the right spot and and stopping the opposition. And there was a couple of parts of the game where he has to get better at that. When he has the puck, there's no doubt he's a world class player. But you he just has to round into form. And when he does that, it's gonna be so dangerous. And there's there's part of me that that wants to sit down and just hope that he watches William Carlson nonstop because that's the, <laughs> yeah. uh, that's the player we we've talked about. Could William Carlson, if William Carlson is a, is a 20 goal guy per year, like on the average, discounting the, the 40 goal season in, in year number one. Mm-hmm. But if, if he's lock, stock and barrel guaranteed 20 goals, 20 to 25 the season, if, if he was more risky with his game, he'd be a 30-35 goal guy. But he's so responsible that I think it, it costs him numbers. And I think Jack is, is of, the, of the same way. Uh, different positions and, and different points of their career. But I would like to see Jack be more attentive and really engaged in the defensive side and when it happens the offensive part of it it's it's weird to say this people but i think jack dugan would vault up the depth chart wherever he is mm-hmm. to to higher up uh standing if he was uh really engaged and doing great things defensively and not doing as much on the offensive side as opposed to doing great things on the offensive side and being what he is defensively. Does that make sense? Like even though he would be scoring and producing points like he did last night, uh, mm-hmm. I think if he was that much of a contributor on the, on the defensive side and not having the points... Uh, he would show better and and earn a faster track to the National Hockey League. That should come with time. But there's also the point where he's at an age where he's a little bit older than some of these other guys. And um, it's a second-year pro. That should start coming this year. And I, I can't wait to see it, it when it does happen because I think then with his finish and his abilities – 
and his offensive instincts, you got a really good player. So I I tend to agree with kind of the thought process you've got here, it just in terms of Jack Dugan with the Vegas Golden Knights, right? Like mm-hmm. if this is end game, Jack Dugan is an NHL player with the Vegas Golden Knights, it's likely going to be in the bottom six. And there's got to be uh, an extra added bit of responsibility when you're, you're factored into that type of role. Uh, if Jack Dugan was, if there was a spot in the top six with the skill set that he has and the ability to create and make plays offensively, you know, I, I think that that maybe it's a bit of a different story. But based on this team and you know where the top six is at in terms of solidified, um, you got to find different avenues and different layers to add to your game to get to the NHL. And you know, for da- for Jack Dugan, it's. It's about defensive awareness, defensive responsibility, and making plays in your own zone every single time you're on the ice. And when you do that, everything else will come. It's the identity of the top six, too. Stone. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Smith, Carlson. All all 200-foot guys. That's the identity of this team. So if you want to be part of that, you got to add to his game. And the, 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 the dish pass was outstanding. Let's just see yeah. uh, the other side of it. And a and, uh, fifth-round draft pick, if, if it happens, that's a fifth-rounder that you've struck gold on. That's incredible. Yeah. Uh, Paul Cotter, fourth-rounder, showing promise. That's, that's, that's great scouting. Well, one more thing before we go. Max mm-hmm. Pacioretty on the power, didn't score on this, but you see the one-timer? I loved it. I did. And it was a great yeah. save. Uh, unbelievable save coming across by Aiden Hill. But seeing that one-timer out of Max Pacioretty uh, was music to my ears. And I had the biggest smile on my face when I when I saw him uh, get rid of that puck. And he got all of it, and it was a good shot, and it was a, it was a better save. But uh, if, if they can add that element a, a little bit more to their, to their power play along with the, the net front, of Nolan Patrick, mm-hmm. wow, you, you, you've got something uh, happening there that you didn't necessarily have in the toolbox a year ago. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. Um, we need to get a Darren's one-timer tracker yes. uh, production something. So every time you bring up, hey, there was a one-timer on the power play, Ding. we can play that little bit right before you talk about it. Who would uh, who would be responsible for that? Chapman. Are you listening, Chapman? What? Chapman. <laughs> no, I heard. Him. Well, I know. Yeah, yeah. You actually you actually were paying attention there. Yeah. Thank goodness I'm in the studio or else I would have been all, all over you. When we continue, uh, we'll set up hour number two, top five at five. The five guarantees that uh, we are bringing to you from the National Hockey League and the Vegas Golden Knights hitting the number four spot tonight. And in our one-timer segment, a whole lot happening from trades to elections. Yes, elections in hockey and an update on RFAs as we continue on the VGK Insider Show in the preseason after game number one on Fox Sports Las Vegas. This is the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. Now back to Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Vegas Golden Knights dropped their preseason opener to the San Jose Sharks last night at T-Mobile Arena. Back at it tomorrow against the Colorado Avalanche. Busy week for the VGK. Uh, Thursday, a date in Salt Lake City. 
And then it's uh, back home on Friday. So four games in the first uh, few days of the preseason. Then the team's going to uh, get a couple of days off and then get uh, ready for the stretch drive. Uh, I'll be curious to see when and if Pete DeBoer goes with his A lineup uh, for one complete game during this preseason. Uh, the one thing he did say uh, to us and uh, to the media uh, in other availabilities was goal number one is to get through healthy. And then you had the, the earshot uh, for Mark Stone and uh, Jay Theodore goes uh, goes out, doesn't uh, doesn't play a lot in the back half of that game last night. So there's a couple of bumps and bruises. Uh, Braden McNabb uh, might have gotten nicked up a, a little bit. So that, that'll be a couple of things that we'll be watching and looking for updates for you tomorrow. Yeah, I, it's kind of the mission objective number one when it comes to the preseason. You want to get through a game healthy, uh, or at least close to healthy, and for the Golden Knights, a couple of scares last night. Now, uh, Pete did say last night that uh, Mark Stone is was more precaution at the moment, but we're we're holding out for another update tomorrow on Mark Stone, and as well as an update on Shea Theodore and Braden McNabb. Mention stitches for Stone. Yes. You you guys ever get like bang your ear or get slapped in the ear? Like it hurts. It's the worst. It is. It, it literally is the worst. So like, it gets like all, it I, gets uh, all hot, and then you're, you're yeah. throbbing, and it's Honestly, like an ear ear. You don't even know. It's one of those things you don't even know you have, unless you're yeah. putting on glasses, uh, mm-hmm. or you're uh, struggling with your hearing, <laughs> or you're getting slapped in the ear, and it's yeah. it's like whoa. Like I would rather you punch me square in the face. Like, you can punch me in, in the mouth, you can punch me in the nose, you can punch me on the chin. I, I don't care where you hit me on the rest of my face. Do not slap me in the ear. You know what's, Just don't do it. You know what's nasty? Like, when you see, like, fighters, you, whether they're MMA fighters or boxers, and they have that cauliflower ear where it's yeah. all, like, just, oh, I see that. And I'm like, you just know that it hurt. And what's even yes. worse is that's when just you, been from being bent around. Right? Yeah, but when you see it get busted open during a fight, oh, that's that's okay. Why do yeah. you have to get gross? Well, I'm just saying. I mean, like we we, we could have left it at just painful and annoying. No, and we, you had no, to go we, gross. We, we we had to go there. We had to go there. My goodness. Yeah. Uh, when we continue the top five at five, we're at the number four position. Guarantees for this season with the National Hockey League and the Vegas Golden Knights. And in one-timers, you don't want to miss this segment because on this Monday, we have news. We're just going to have to go on through a rapid. We might not even have time to comment on it because there's so much happening in and around the National Hockey League as the preseason is well underway. It's the VGK Insider Show here on Fox Sports Las Vegas.